Remember the pressure of taking a test when the teacher was glaring at you, daring your eyes to roam? Cheating was not a temptation unless you were desperate and willing to risk the ever-present teacher catching you. But the offering of online classes exploded over recent years, and pandemic restrictions were a catalyst for even greater development. So what happens when you're doing testing in online classes? Today's episode of Stats and Short Stories will feature a conversation about cheating in virtual classes. I'm John Baylor. Stats and Stories is a production of Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media Journalism and Film, as well as the American Statistical Association. Rosemary Pennington, professor of journalism, joins me in the studio along with our guest, Dr. Helene Alicio professor and chair of the Department of Kinesiology, Nutrition, and Health at Miami University and past president of the Midwest Regional Chapter of the American College of Medicine. Helene, so great to see you and have you on here. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, I, for those listening, I, I, I will confess I've known Helene forever. I mean, we've, we've talked about stat and research questions in the kids the kiddie pool with our kids <laughs> yeah so this is this is such a delight and a treat to, to have her joining us today that is true that's the first time i ever thought and this is going back 25 years 30 years ago about power analysis uh, oh <laughs> <laughs> in the pool yeah that's a power pool uh, yeah so but today we're actually talking about something different yeah. we're going to talk about kind of the issue that that you got very interested in and that is how do we monitor that someone is doing the work that they should be doing and getting credit for in an assessment when you're doing online classes? Can you, so can you talk about kind of the, the origin story here? How did you first get interested in this question? Sure. So first, the interesting part of this is that when I was reading a little bit more about it, the bottom line is everybody cheats. That's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> But it's, but it's everywhere. It's not just in the classroom. Companies cheat. Uh, we learned about in, in West Virginia, the review of Volkswagen's miles per uh, gallon for, you know, certain diesel fuel. It was a bunch of students that found out that the numbers that were being provided by the company were wrong. And it wasn't just an honest error. It was cheating. They're, and they're not just cheating for money. They're cheating for prestige. They cheat in Harvard. They cheat in West Point. Mm -hmm. They cheat at the academies. So it's, it's very ubiquitous. It's happening everywhere. And, and it was interesting to me when we were uh, switching over to an online course delivery and an online test delivery that I just sensed that there was an uptick in cheating oh. from compared with face-to-face. -face. So what exactly did, did you and your co-authors do to study this? So we had an opportunity to compare test scores in nine different sections of a class that was being taught online. And some of the tests were being offered without proctoring, and some were. And mm -hmm. this was the first, as John would explain, natural design. We didn't identify any sections to be proctored or not. It was just that we knew mm -hmm. that some were proctored and some weren't. When we compared the test scores, we saw a 17-point difference in the average test score. And in the, in the proctored classes, it was 70 points lower than the non-proctored, correct? Correct. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, so one aspect of that, so that this was in a, a terminology class, right? The medical, medical terminology, a medical terminology class, and and you're you're doing this, and so so maybe pe- people might not know what what exactly does it does setting up proctoring software do in a in a virtual class. So when you set up proctoring software, you are asking the student to number one confirm that they are who they are by holding up their picture ID next to their face on the screen in real time. So that's one thing that the instructor then can check. Is it the same person? Secondly, you're asked to do a room scan. Now in 2022, uh, there was a a law that came by in Ohio that said Mm -hmm. you can't do that. Mm -hmm. You can't do a room scan. So that's something that's changed. But nevertheless, you can audio and videotape the student while they're taking the test. And that's what happens. So while the student is taking the test, this is where AI comes in, there are some motions and movements that are flagged. Yeah, so like eye movements, if you were looking down maybe to to, to look at a, a document you're not supposed to have if you're taking a test where it's supposed to be just your memory, or looking off to look and see if a person might be in the room with you as an example? Or? Correct. So, And if someone walks behind a person taking a test, because a lot of students take it in their dorm room or in their home apartment, that's flagged. Mm-hmm. So those are the type of things that are flagged, and they come up with like an integrity score. And they're flagged mm. with with both numbers, so numerically they'll be flagged at, let's say, 30% of the test. There's been some suspicious activity. And then they'll literally red flag it or orange flag it or green flag it. And then, the, the, and this is the part where it's important to understand that good professors don't just let AI or let the, let the scoring, let the proctoring AI make the final call. The good proctoring software will take you to those points where the suspicious behavior occurred. Oh. See, and then the professor can see, ah, there was a person walking behind the student, but really it was benign. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, the student's eyes were leaving the screen, but it didn't appear to be long enough for, in their judgment for them to be looking something up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was really struck when I was reading through the article just how significant the difference was between the the, the non-proctored and the proctored exams. And it made me think, you know, as you are aware, like there is this debate around proctoring software because some of the software doesn't recognize particular skin colors in certain ways and can flag things in ways that are problematic. And then you have the problem of some professors who maybe don't do the due diligence of checking. So like, for me, reading through this, it sort of became this moment of like, this seems important and like we should recognize that this does have a significant Im- impact on academic integrity. But how do you, like, how do we have this conversation thoughtfully in a way that also figures out, like, manages some of these these other things, right? Like, how do we, that's, just, that's what I keep getting stuck on, like, how do you advocate for these things when it seems like there have been some problems with it, but your data... And other research seems pretty striking that if you want to control for academic integrity in an online space, something like this is necessary. Yeah, I don't have all the answers, but it does require due diligence of the professor mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the way it should be even in a regular classroom. Yeah. Yeah. So in some ways, 
the same type of diligence that you use walking up and down the aisles and not being in the front of the room, let's say on your computer, that type of due diligence has to occur. And then if you see someone checking their phone and then following up like for the actual evidence that it wasn't just an, a text from home, it was actually them looking something up. So it's the due diligence mm-hmm. that tries to mitigate the false positives. Mm-hmm. Well, and it seems the the presence of some of these tools is to try to to try to put immediately kind of you know speed trap ahead this this kind of warning that that you know that pre- you're being preemptive in in doing this and you know it was it was a really interesting because I had the the pleasure to collaborate with you on some of this work and some of my students did back many years ago and I, and I was struck by not only the fact that there was a shift in the grade distribution between the the students that that were using monitoring software versus those that didn't have the proctoring software in place, but also the time that students were were spending to take the exam right. and that, and that was that was also a signal of something so can you talk about how how kind of longer time in a proctored in a proctored setting was telling a story as well sure, so the time was if if there was a sixty minute time limit or even a 45 minute time limit the percentage of time spent taking the test for those who were not proctored was always close to 100%. So they used the entire 60 minutes or the entire 45 minutes and then for the proctored students they were 20 minutes 30 minutes max at half the time. So it 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 implies but again we don't have the positive evidence, but it implies that the if you're not being proctored, then you have the time and the opportunity to look up the answers. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the one thing that I, I found really fascinating it were, were some of the stories that you, you told about people before they realized, they before they started the test, they were identifying to the camera that they were there, and their behavior was being recorded even before that. And there were some some real uh, unusual things that occurred. Are you comfortable sharing any of those? Well, yeah. I'll share a few. And 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 you know what this this happened when online testing was really just starting at Miami. So everybody, professors and students, were not very savvy. Mm-hmm. And I think that. I'm not making an excuse, but that might lead to the lack of due diligence on the professor's part. But on the student's part, they didn't, I don't think they realized when they started with the ID and the face recognition to affirm that they were there, they were the student, the the cameras kept rolling. <laughs> and so that's when we heard conversations. We had, we heard conversations where one, one was another student came in the room and said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm taking a test. Oh, should I leave the room? Oh, no. Professors never check the video. Oh. <laughs> so you don't have to worry. And then another one, the student had sticky ta- pa- what do you, oh, what do you oh, like Sticky notes? notes? Sticky notes yeah. all over their computer screen so that when they did the computer scan, oh. you know, they wouldn't pick it up. <laughs> and then a student came in and said, what did you do to your computer? <laughs> and and the student literally said, oh, yeah, those are sticky notes. I'm taking a test. 
Oh my uh, God. Oops. <laughs> so, you know, and that's something that we couldn't see when we reviewed the film, but the student admitted that. Right. Yeah. And then another one was about buying beer and drugs after the test. And oh so my God. That was another one that we had to call general counsel. <gasps> Whoops. Oh my gosh. I know. I was, I was thinking about like, I taught an online course a couple of years ago for a summer term and it was the first time I'd ever used proctoring software. And I was really shocked by how much was captured. I think these students sort of had must have taken online cl- classes before because they were sort of, you know, very about the book. But I just was like, I'm like, oh, this is recording everything that's happening. And it was, I'm not surprised students are unaware of of what's going on. I guess I wonder, you mentioned the fact that, you know, there's this law in Ohio where those room scans can no longer take place. Given sort of the work that you've, you've done, are there other things that you imagine are going to be landmines moving forward with this or other places that you think educators should be thinking about in relation to these proctoring softwares of either best use or, or things they need to be concerned about that that could be problems in the future? So, I mean, what you want to do is be at the least intrusive and as fair as you can be. But you, you mentioned something before, John, and I want to point this out, whatever proctoring software you use, the fact that you're using proctoring software changes the whole mindset of the student because they know they're being watched. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the analogous thing to that is if a faculty member would give an exam and they told the student in advance, look, I have to run an errand across campus. I'll be right back. It, it changes. So by by just having, and I'm not saying bad proctoring software, but by just saying you're going to be proctored, you're going to be watched, changes everything. And, and there is research that says faculty should develop trust with their students and develop a code of ethics or an honor code. I'm not dismissing any of that, but the research seems to show when the stakes are high, and that's another thing that we've reported in our research, the students most likely to cheat, we actually identified, are the ones where the stakes were highest. Mm. So they were not only the biology majors, but the biology majors that decided to go pre-med. Mm. Yeah, the low grade has more, more dire consequences, or at least perceived to have more dire consequences. Well, I'm afraid, Helene, that's, that's all the time we have for, for this episode of Stats and Short Stories. Thank you so much for joining us yes, today. thank you so much. You're very welcome. Stats and Stories is a partnership between Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media Journalism and Film and the American Statistical Association. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or other places you can find podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn or X. If you'd like to share your thoughts on the program, send your email to statsandstories at miamioh.edu or check us out at statsandstories.net. And be sure to listen for future editions of Stats and Stories where we discuss the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics.